G'day everybody, I'm Sam Marwood. Uh, I live just down the road from Bendigo in Kyneton and I started a business uh, called Cultivate Farms, which hopefully some people have heard about. And I started it with some good mates of mine and we have, by starting this business, uncovered the power of social media. And we are uh, always talking about how amazing social media is and how powerful it is for us starting our business. And here, specifically today, I'll talk about how it's powerful for aspiring farmers, which I haven't seen a presentation with that sort of angle to it before. So hopefully it's interesting today. I'll have some ideas uh, for, you know, just anyone running a business, but also I'll work through uh, from an aspiring farmer point of view. Um, so I grew up on a, uh, on a dairy farm just north of Bendigo in a town called Dingy. And, um, and I went on a journey of wanting to be a farmer, but knowing that it's, uh, very expensive to buy a farm and my parents weren't going to give me the farm so I went and did other things and um, realized after a while that this idea of owning a farm is so powerful and so for the last five years we've been unpacking this concept of of making it possible for young people to own a farm and that I'll go through a bit of the journey uh, today but mainly be focusing on uh, the power of social media and what a great time in history it is to be alive to start a business and to have the access to social media to get your, your story out there. I want to thank Sally and, and Alison and Tam for pulling this together. We've had a, a few run throughs to make sure the tech is working, and I think it is. We're going to do a breakout, a couple of breakout room sessions. So we want to get you interacting and, and discussing ideas and, and still having that meetup uh, uh, outcome from these, from these gatherings, even though we're, we're virtual. So what I'll talk about is the power of social media. I want to give you a stack of practical ideas of how you can use social media and they might, they might be a bit provoking, uh, hopefully gets you thinking. Uh, you might think they're a little bit crazy, but um, for me, they've, they've been uh, fun, fundamental to us getting our business off the ground. I'll talk about cultivate farms itself. And then the last one is particularly part targeted at aspiring farmers, that, but there'll be ideas in there for anyone uh, with a business around if I were an aspiring farmer, what would I be doing with social media to get myself into my own farm uh, and, um, and get in touch with those people who can make my farming dreams a reality. So these are the key points for me is that it's an unpack why I think this, but it's the best time in history to be alive and to be starting a business, even being an aspiring farmer. Um, this is about documenting your journey. So I think when people talk about social media or, or themselves, they think, oh, I'm not the expert in this. But what I've realized and one of my uh, um, inspirations is a guy called Gary Vaynerchuk that um, some people may have heard about. He's a, a crazy entrepreneur from America. And he talked about this concept of social media and just documenting your journey, that you don't have to be the expert in a topic. Uh, you just need to document your journey and learning and understanding and sharing your ideas. And through that, maybe over time, you become the expert but that frees you up, this idea of documenting rather than having the answers is such a powerful concept that I, I really believe in. And then social media you know, itself is just ridiculous, the, the reach it gives you. And it's sitting there for everyone to use. Uh, and there's never been a time in history that you can have access to people um, so readily than through social media. So they're my three, three uh, key points for this whole presentation. There we go. So why is it the best time in history to be alive? I love taking a step back and just thinking about where we are uh, in, in human history. We have the internet, you know, it's been around for, is it 20 years, I think? Uh, or maybe, maybe a bit longer, uh, but um, we, we can access people. You can type in Google and find anyone and get their email address. 
Uh, and then tied to internet is social media. We can access people and create content and everyone's on their iPhones uh, and watching social media, uh, TikTok on Facebook and getting content and you can put content out there. In the old days, you had to write an article and somehow get it in the paper or you had to print pamphlets and do um, mail drop-offs. Uh, right now you can access anyone. So it's just really exciting. And I don't, we couldn't have started our business without social media. I don't know how you would have done it. There's no gatekeepers. You don't have to convince anybody. You can do a, a $5 Facebook ad and get to your people you want. We're in a rich, wealthy country. And so we can try things and there's opportunities around. We're in a time of peace. And but I think the biggest one is we've, everyone's got a phone and that's where all this content is consumed and being created. And it's so powerful, unbelievably powerful. And I, I try and um, when I'm having bad days, I try and sit back and think about all these points to keep me going to realize, you know, my grandparents didn't have opportunities like this uh, to start their business and stop complaining and get on and, and utilize what's in, what's in front of you. So my thesis or, or hypothesis is that opportunities come to you in business through getting attention. You need to get attention of people um, to buy, use your service, um, give you ideas and the best way at the moment, and this is a, a temporal thing, is through getting attention is through getting is social media. Like years ago, it could have been through TV or radio, but it is absolutely social media at the moment. In the future, it'll be um, doing holograms or, or whatever it will be. But at the moment, social media just is that place where attention's at and that's where you need to be. And that's where we've learned we needed to be. Uh, and it's about finding those people who, and, and not about um, uh, getting millions of followers on the social media. It's about getting enough for you to uh, sell your product or your, or your service. Uh, you don't have to convince everybody. Uh, and again, that's another freeing concept. You don't need a massive audience to, to be able to get your business re really humming. Here's a blurry picture, uh, but it's a bit of a, to try to get some stats and there's plenty of them around how much people are using their smartphone. And, and tied to that is how much they're on social media. But this is probably a bit too busy, but it just outlines most of the people using their phone on using uh, when they're on public transport, when they're at work, watching TV, you're always on your phone, like you're watching your phone when you're in, when the ads are on, um, you're, you're out shopping, you're on the phone, even while driving down the bottom there's got while driving and people are using their phone, which is a bit scary. I thought everyone is on their phone. You would be on your phone now. Um, if, and you probably are, if you've got your screen, your video off. Uh, yep. Everyone's got their phone right there consuming content and it's there for you free to, to get access to people. Um, and so it just, to me, it just makes imminent sense to be, to be getting content out um, onto, onto social media, onto people's phones and opportunities come through get, um, being where their attention is at. There's no point complaining that people, you know, aren't reading um, paper newspapers as much anymore or listening to radio. It's just go where the attention is and, and build content around that. So what do we mean? Or how, how do you go about building and using social media? Um, that concept of documenting your journey, I think is so key. And I still remember the podcast I listened to with Gary Vaynerchuk talking about documenting your journey. And it was a real light bulb moment for me. And I started doing Facebook live videos uh, and the idea of it first just scared the hell out of me. Um, but now I'm, I get on Facebook live all the time um, and I'm just documenting what we're up to and talking about where we're at with cultivate farms and a new idea we've had and, and asking people questions and, and over time, we're becoming experts in this farm matching concept. But at the start, we definitely weren't. Uh, and it was so empowering that I had now a ready source of content because it wasn't me having to go to research and everything. It's me just learning and sharing and just where I'm at. And people really love it. Like some people, 
you know, say, feel like they say, um, we feel like we're friends with you, Sam, because we've watched you and you're, um, it's so you know, raw and, and, and live and uh, that we feel like we're interacting. And that's a real beauty of, I think, I think people nowadays don't want, um, polished content as much. They want to see the real thing. And so documenting just, just allows, it frees you up to, to get this content out there. Social media is the cornerstone of all, all of this. And then patience is probably the other key one that it'll, it takes a long time to build an audience. We've got something like seven and a half thousand people on Facebook, which isn't massive, but it's, it takes years and every day I watch to see where we're at, but that's heaps for, for the niche market we're in. Uh, and it takes time and some posts don't do well and others do really well, but it's just patience, constant being out there. And I find, especially with what doing what we're doing, which is a little bit different, people need, they, they comment all the time, you know, I watch your content, I watch what you're doing. You're always there. Uh, you're always providing ideas. And I finally decided to reach out to you. And I don't know that the stats that people talk about, you know, an idea has to be in front of you seven times before you're going to reach out and, and, and jump onto it or an opportunity. And that's what I feel like we're doing is creating this content, documented journey, putting on social media and then being patient. And, and even if you don't have massive followers, it's like create content, keep creating it. Um, and hopefully if you're selling something that's useful and good, uh, it, it'll, it'll build. And that's been our thesis. And it's really, you know, it's been five years in and we're still learning and a long way to go. But that patience is a, is a key thing for me as well, just to know that this does take time and it, it will not be an overnight thing. Why social media? Uh, because there are no gatekeepers. I've talked about that quickly. This is where your audience is at. It is free. It's ridiculous. This is free. Uh, and everyone's on it. And it creates an ability for you to interact with people. People comment, um, you do messenger, uh, and you have interaction with the audience. It's just uh, ridiculous. This also was a really empowering um, thing to think through. It's, you know, creating content can be a bit of an overwhelming concept, especially, and I'll talk about this from an aspiring farmer point of view around how you create content to get onto your farm. And I know a lot of farmers just get really, you know, it's a bit awkward and, you know, I don't, you know, I don't create content. This is not what I do. Um, and, you know, I hate the idea of getting in front of a camera. Um, but this is about figuring out what you are good at and what you're comfortable at. And some people are happy doing videos and videos are a really great way of doing content. That's what I choose as the, first um, point of creating content because I can turn that into a, into a blog, into a podcast um, and uh, all the various and videos and cut up the videos, etc. It, it has all those components of content that I can pull out. So for me, I'm used to video and I really like it. But if you don't like being in front of a camera, you can do audio or you can do photos or you do written content. It's just figuring out what you're comfortable with in terms of creating content uh, and also matching up probably with your audience and how they like to consume things. But, um, this to me was amazing. So I started writing at the start doing blogs and I still do them, but, uh, now I do all of them. I have a podcast and, and have heaps of videos on, on YouTube. Um, but just knowing that you just pick the, the types of content, um, that you are comfortable doing and, and putting, putting your effort behind is a powerful thing. And, a, and a, again, a freeing thing to know you don't have to do content on all these types of, um, um, mediums. And people talk about, you know, what type of content, how long does content have to be? And I think we're in an age of who knows. Um, no doubt you, you probably listen to YouTube or podcasts that go for hours. Uh, and sometimes you listen to things that are for 10 seconds. Uh, I don't think there's any rules anymore. I think because it's so cheap to get stuff out and, uh, and 
that you can just try things. And that's what we do. We've got snippets and we've got long form and we just put it out there uh, and very, you know, there's no real logic around what people like and what they don't. Um, but over time, you'll learn what, what works well. So whether it's 10 seconds or an hour, where it's 140 characters or 10,000 words, whether it's a live video, whether it's doing creating tips and um, doing uh, little um, bits of uh, advice on how to do things. But there's just so many different ways you can create types of content. Don't let people stop you. And that's probably the big thing that I'm finding is that you don't have friends or other businesses doing this and you think, oh, it's a bit weird what I'm doing. Um, and, and people, alternatively, people go, no, you've got to keep it short. Keep it 30 seconds. People don't have an attention span. You've got to keep it short. It's like, well, uh, test it. Maybe they're wrong. Maybe, maybe long form is fine. Who, who knows? And, I, and because it's, again, because it's free and it's there, you can do these things. Just put it up there and see what happens. Um, so again, another, just a lot of what I'm thinking about and probably what our business is around removing barriers. And this is a mental barrier that you need to remove for yourself is, oh, I've got to make sure the content's perfect or a set amount of time. Uh, we're just finding that, no, there's no real rules. This is a whole new world, social media. Get out there and, and try and, and just see what is, is uncovered as, as you go about it. Where can you create this content? I think, oh, you know, here, these are all the platforms and we create content on all these platforms. And we really encourage people on there. And that again, was an overwhelming concept. When I heard this Gary Vaynerchuk guy, he says he pumps out content on all the platforms and you know, he doesn't dictate where people can get his content, uh, go where they are. And that's where we've got the same mentality. We create and put on all these uh, LinkedIn is massive. Um, uh, it's probably like Facebook 10 years ago in terms of the reach you can get. Um, and you can just use the same content on these different platforms. But uh, we were a big believer in just pumping out content on all, on all of them. So I've talked about cultivate farms and then I want to do a bit of a breakout and get you to think about what is, what is you know, what might scare you with what I'm talking about or what you think is a little bit crazy and, and get a discussion going around that. Um, we'll have a second breakout as well. So just keep thinking uh, about um, what I'm saying that is resonating or is, uh, uh, is not resonating. So Cultivate Farms, uh, about five years ago, um, was catching up with some friends, Tim and Tegan Hicks, and they said they wanted to own a farm, but they didn't have millions of dollars. And they said, what if there was a business that helped to buy farms for young people? And I just clicked straight away, having, as I said, not been given my, my farm from my family. I'm one of six kids, and Tam's on this call as well, one of my, one of my sisters. And I knew I'd never get the farm anyway. Um, so kids like me at eight years old are getting told you're not going to own a farm and they go off and do something else the rest of their life. And the idea that we could know is, hey, no, you can own a farm. You just don't do it the traditional way of you know, saving up millions of dollars and trying to buy it. You need to be matched with people who either have a farm, a retiring farmer or an investor. So investors could be locals or your family or, or, or friends. Um, but you need to be matched with someone who you can partner with to own a farm and that's the concept of cultivate farms we bring people together we're a matchmaker um, to co-own and figure out a deal around owning a farm together we're finding a lot of retiring farmers don't have um, kids to hand the farm onto and don't want to leave they love their farm and they love the idea of finding a young couple like them and that they could hand the farm onto and so and we're finding aspiring farmers and i'll talk about our stats in a second and and investors and a lot of this what we're doing is is a bit new a little bit weird and that's why i believe so much in this content because we are creating a market for our we're creating a new idea and trying to sell it so that just relies on us creating content constantly 
with ideas around this, trying to get retiring farmers to think differently, to know it's even possible to age on farm and, and co-own with a, a retiring aspiring farmer. And the same thing with aspiring farmers who had great dreams crushed. I've got to create content to get them inspired enough to keep following their farm dreams. And then there's people with money in the bank who would love to own a farm but have no idea what that means. And they don't know that they want it. And I need to convince them that they need to be buying a farm with a young, young farmer or an aspiring farmer. So that's why I guess I believe in this content so much because I've, it's, a bit of a, it's a bit of a weird business I've got and I've got to create the momentum uh, myself and having social media is just massive. Um, so we do a matchmaking basically and we never set, set out to be the, the Tinder of farming. Uh, it just happened to be that's what it is. And we, you know, we had the joke that we could be eFarmony, um, but it was, the, the URL was too expensive. So we just stuck with Cultivate Farms. Um, Sorry, it freezes every now and then. Let me keep going. We'll be stuck on this matchmaking forever. Here we go. So mission. And I was talking about before. Our mission is breaking down barriers. And mostly that is around removing mental barriers, which we're talking about here around social media, what's stopping you creating content. A lot of this with aspiring and retiring farmers is breaking down barriers for why they're not chasing their dreams. I was talking to a young farmer just before, and it's probably the second or third time we've talked about it, that... Um, you know, no one, no one ever gets backed by an investor onto a farm. It's we've never happened here. And it's this, well, why not? <laughs> why can't it? What's, there's no uh, legal or um, technical reason why that can't happen. Let's get rid of those barriers and let's make it happen. So that's a lot of what we do, breaking down mental barriers. Our momentum, we've got 1,200 aspiring farmers. We've done 13 matches, which doesn't seem like much, but it is hard work making these matches. And we've got about 25 ready to be matched across Australia and a lot more cool things happening in the background. We've run, I think, one of the, I think it's the world's first, I love saying that world first anyway, um, farm investor incubator or farm, sorry, farmer incubator where we've got uh, 10 farmers going through a program where they'll pitch to an investor who will back one of them. And we did that program about two years ago and back to a young farmer with an investor, which is super cool. Like knowing there are people out there wanting to back these farmers. Our attention is growing. People want to talk to us and farmers are reaching out to us. And, and I think this is all tied into this point here around 400 plus videos It's just by creating content proving we are legitimate, proving constantly we really want this. We really want um, solutions for young farmers and it's possible. And it's just relentless, persistent content <laughs> that is breaking down barriers for us, which, um, uh, which just encourage others to, to think in that mindset. Um, tactics that we adopt. So we do Facebook Live is probably the main vehicle for creating content. Um, jumping on there, having that live component initially was really scary for me, but now it, I, lo I love the value of it. It's like this presentation. Now you can see I'm a real person and I'm interacting and I stuff up and it's fine. And people are like it. And then I can cut that into little segments and, and post them on blogs and, and into the YouTube as well. We post five times a day on seven platforms. Uh, I think that's roughly, that's roughly what it is. We've got months out content ready to go. Um, we've got one person full-time, which is massive because not all of us work you know, on this business full-time, but to have, we, we realize we need one person on social media to keep things going, which is really uh, a really massive asset. But we realize that is the cornerstone of our business. Uh, we interview people, we interview aspiring farmers. Uh, I even record conversations I have on the phone with aspiring farmers, and I haven't quite created content out of that, but I've got about you know, 100 phone calls, which is just gold sitting there. I've got to cut up one day and just talking about the real issues of aspiring farmers. And as I'm talking on this, it's just amazing content that I've got to get out. 
Um, we do a weekly newsletter, we've got about 7,000 followers now, which is really powerful for us. Um, we can put promotions out and people are, are watching it and reading it. Um, we, and we, when we get new ideas, I really love doing this, is we have a new idea, I make a note and our weekly update, I just, I just talk about it and, and um, just show momentum. And like some of these ideas, I'm not even sure are gonna come true or through, but uh, we are working on them. And I think that's what people enjoy is that interaction. And now that we've got all this content, like this 400 videos, how many blogs we've got, we're going to write a book and it's all sitting there. The hardest thing is going to be pulling it all together. Um, but the content's written and it's just getting someone clever to help, to help match it all, all together, which again, to me is so, so powerful. Like the idea of writing books really full on, but now it's just a, a cut and paste uh, of, of all our core ideas that we've been documenting. So what we're going to do now is break up into uh, uh, breakout rooms, hopefully about three people per room. Um, and I just had to escape from the presentation, I think. Um, and the question is, what makes you nervous about what we've been talking about here? Um, and no doubt it will, you know, you'd be sceptical, which is great. Um, but want to um, just get discussions going uh, amongst the groupers. And well, Sally and Tam, Alison, anything else to jump in before we do that? We, we go for it. Um, well, we had a we had a good question come in from Tan, but we can circle back to it. Um, and that was just um, that was just um, where do you get your where do you get your ideas from? Um, because sometimes because sometimes can't think of anything, just your content ideas. It's a really good question, and it through interactions with the farmers and investors and retiring and the people I deal with every day. Um, there's things pop up and go, ah, oh, for them that was a really interesting concept so therefore it must be interesting to everyone else and that's I just make a list and then before I do my Facebook live I sit there with my five ideas and I sit there typing it out so I've got content as well uh, and then pump it out but it's just through everyday life and this, uh, and also knowing that I need to create content as well helps me think about what content I, I can I need to create so just knowing I've got this you know rolling um, need to create um, makes me think more Shall we do it? So the question is, what makes you nervous? I think um, do a quick intro um, of yourselves. Hopefully people have done this before. If not, it's a really cool feature of Zoom. Um, and then uh, and then just someone to kick it off with what makes you nervous with what we're talking about. And then we'll, we'll come back and we'll keep going. Hello, is everyone back? Um, Sam, I thought it might be an idea for everybody to put in the chat um, just the key things the key things that we came back with that'd be great and um have a discussion while i'm talking uh, you know online online um and by the chat um i was reading through some of the questions as well um and i'm sure that discussions were uh were great um um if if um, i don't know if we want to just keep moving sally and or um do we want to get people to yell out or just do it by chat i assume let's just do that can I just say, Sam, I'd really love to listen to what you're saying. I'm going to have trouble reading stuff and listening to you at the same time. So I'm going to focus on listening to you if that's okay. Right. And this is all, this is all being recorded as well. So we'll be able to um, listen back. We'll create content out. Um, can, can we get access to the chat afterwards? I don't think we can, can we? Um, we, can we can copy and paste it. I can, um, I can keep that. I can save that. That's great. Thank you. That'd be I was, yeah, I was just going to say, if, if that's the case, um, do you want, 
does, is there anybody that um, has any burning things that they want to share um, before uh, before Sam starts again? It'd be great to hear one. Can I just say very quickly, when you were talking, Sam, about having um, um, posting five times a day on seven platforms, that is what makes me nervous. That is just completely overwhelming. That is not not so much coming up content, but that amount of exposure I would find really challenging and maintaining that, that I would think I would feel quite exhausted by that. Yep, me too. And I, I do feel exhausted from it many days. And But that's why we've got someone working full-time. And also we repeat content. So some of our content is evergreen. And people say it's a bit of a risk repeating, but we, you know, farms we promote, we repeat every month. Um, and so after a while, it, you, know, you build this really nice backlog. So at the start, it can be really overwhelming. But after a while, it's fine. And we've got this um, uh, eClincher is a tool we use that you can load all this up. Uh, in the back end and just clicks through on the day uh, as needed. But it is absolutely um, overwhelming um, to think through. Um, you do it by yourself at the start when you didn't have a team, but it was just you. How did you do it? I, I would just, I would only do a couple of posts um, probably a day, Sam. Um, uh, yeah, it was only till we got someone on board and it took a while even with them to figure out, yes, that's, that's absolutely achievable. And it put a big demand on me to be able to create that content up front as well. But now it's just a maintenance thing that um, we just make sure we get rid of the stuff that isn't evergreen and make sure we're creating enough fresh stuff so people know it's the, the current me, not the old me, and, um, and just keep it, keep it rolling. But, yeah, without, and it definitely needs support. But I'd, I'd argue it really is worth the money to get someone in to support you. There's a question there around you, you know, if you're the CEO, should you be the one creating the content? And I really believe that it's, it should be you um, creating the content and thinking about this. That's why I say, I think you're a, as a business, you're a media company first that happens to sell something. And if you have that mentality, then it's definitely up to the CEO to be the one leading this uh, and putting themselves out there uh, to, to you know, give, give people confidence in the product, but also show everyone that this is about getting attention and attention leads to opportunities and, and sales. That's my thesis anyway. I'm not, I'm not, the, not the expert, but have, we're having a crack. So I'll so keep moving. Are you in a friendly market space too? It sounds like you are. That's right. It, it, yeah, and there's not many competitors with what we're doing. Um, so I don't really get many knockbacks. Um, so that might be another thing that makes people nervous is that you get people criticising you or um, you know, knocking you down. And that's definitely a big thing. We get it every now and then. And, you, know, really, you really take it to heart, and, but you realise... Everyone else gets it as well, and you know it's um it's and it's also well. How much are you going to let other people dictate your life? That you know, there's, there's a lot of philosophical thinking I do around all of this. And when you get a negative comment or someone yeah you know, bagging you out, it's like, well, you know, who are they to tell me whether I'm doing a good or, or a bad thing? I think most people do, and you can't let that that slow you down, or you can't let the chance that someone might think you're annoying or arrogant or you know. Um, you post too much, stop, stop you from following your dream. And I think that's what, that's what drives me is I really want to make an impact in, in the landscape of Australia. And I think we've got a real ability to do that. And I don't want someone who I don't know to stop me from realizing that dream. I'm, I'm going to make it happen. And I think that's the sort of mentality, no doubt, all of you have with your businesses or, or getting on your farm, like how much do you really want it? 
And this is what we talk about a lot with our aspiring farmers when we talk about you should be creating content, which is what we're about to talk about now. They're, they're like, oh, should I? It's like, well, how much do you want this? How much do you want it? Um, and I think, you know, because it's such a valuable and amazing thing, creating content on social media is the best way to make opportunities happen. You know, obviously, you can make them happen other ways, but just that's just the, the bent I have uh, um, now is that the social media is just amazing and we should be utilizing it can, can i jump into i thought theo put up a good comment there about um he's nervous about you know the time and effort that's involved in creating content and he might be moving on to this sam um and then and then all these different channels to market but maybe not getting the return on it like maybe not connecting with that audience um yep yeah it's a really good point. And I don't think you will, you might not get return for three years. Oof. Like I don't think I'm getting as much return as I ever expected. And I've been doing it for five. Um, and I'm okay with that because I just know this is a long term thing. I, I think about 50, 60, 70 years uh, impact I want to make. And, uh, and it's not going to happen overnight. And everyone talks about it. Things don't happen overnight. It's just about persistence, rocking up every day, creating, creating, creating and opportunities come. But yeah, and, and then it's figuring out, have you got enough money to be able to cover someone to do this in the short term, knowing that it might not bring in income, but, but it may as well. Like <laughs> it's all the double guessing uh, around what, what may or may not work. Followed up by asking what percentage of time do you put into content marketing or marketing education? And, mm. um, so I don't curate any of my content anymore. So I just create and then, um, the team put it out and I don't, I barely check my, my, my content. Um, just the team were in a, were in a role. So my focus is just create and then we cut up in our usual, usual way. Um, does that answer the question? I probably was off track there, Tim. Um, just percentage of time. So, uh, in, in probably very little now, um, probably one or two hours a week is creating new content. Um, me personally, but with our, um, social media, media guru, she's, full-time and it's not just social media she's working on it, it's creating other content and uh, etc um, sam there was a question about what do farmers use for their for their what's their most popular um sorry social media platform it's a really good question and i'm not exactly sure what it is but i think it's the same as the general population um like even people say to me no don't create content on facebook because retiring farmers aren't there but they are, they're, everyone's nearly on social media. And if they're not on there, their daughter or son or their next door neighbor is and they'll share it. Um, yeah. So I think Facebook probably is that if you had to choose one would be the best. Again, it just depends where you are. Um, TikTok, I'm not on TikTok, but I need to be. And I think that's where the next generation are. Um, and um, but that's, a, <laughs> that's probably a bit scary thinking about using TikTok. Um, but uh, I'd say LinkedIn and Facebook, if you had, if you had to choose two right now, are just the, the, the best. Um, at getting out there um, and I think that's where farmers and anyone are mm. uh, um, this one's, uh, we are getting a few questions through now I don't know if you can see them coming through Sam um, Andrew's asking what challenges you face operating a social enterprise in the ag tech space I guess you know you're very much about relationships and not so much you know those yeah mm. yeah I'm in this really funny nexus of um uh, we don't own farms and we're not selling products onto farms and um, we're not in the, you know, the content space. We're in this sort of 
getting people onto farms who aren't on farms. So it's a bit of a funny space to be in. We're getting so like everyone says a great idea and good on you and good luck. Um, and we have a lot of people watching. That's probably my feel is that we have a lot of people watching and who haven't jumped, who haven't gotten contact. And I, they, you know, slowly that's changing and I get the same story. Oh, I've been watching for so long and finally decided to reach out um, and, you know, good on you and thank you so much for what you do. So it's, I guess the challenge is continuing to create content even when you're not getting that feedback um, from people, but I know they are watching and I know I'm helping people and I, and I guess um, just getting a little feedbacks here and there from people is enough to <laughs> keep me going and we've got enough revenue to keep going as well. But probably the biggest challenge is, um, is yeah, persistence in a, in a, a bit of a, a new and a weird space. Um, it just is persistence is, is what I've learned is the biggest challenge to, to keep at, keep at it. So I'll, um, I'll keep going just cause I'm conscious of, um, of running out of time. So my next point now that I've talked about cultivate is to uh, pretend I'm an aspiring farmer. One day, maybe I, I will be. Uh, so what I want to do is throw ideas at what I would do if I was, um, trying to find a, a farm to own. Um, so my aim, so at the moment I'm a farm, let's say I'm a farm manager and I want 10,000 acres in central, uh, let's say central New South Wales, uh, let's say Northern Victoria. Uh, that's my target. I want to own 10,000 acres. I need to convince a retiring farmer who has, who ha doesn't, who has, doesn't have kids to hand the farm on to, or doesn't want to give it to their kids, uh, and convince them that I'm the best and I, or I want an investor to back me. So I need to create content and I think that I need to be on there on my farm. I need to get permission from the farmer that I work for, but I want to basically document my life um, on that farm and show people, and I'll just back to that first slide, show people that I'm passionate, that I really want this, that I know how to farm and I want to provide some practical advice and maybe inspire some other farmers as well. But my main intent is to convince somebody watching that has watched me, you know, the 10th video, they've seen me and they say, they call up their auntie Mary and say, um, Hey, you should give you, you know, should work with this farmer, Sam. He seems like a, a, a great farmer and have a chat with him. He wants to own a farm and you want to step back. So I want to create content. I want to create awareness so that opportunities come to me. Who am I trying to convince? It's retiring farmers, investors, farm advisors. So I want real estate agronomists, um, uh, bankers, anyone who has access to retirement age farmers or investors, and I want community champions. So people in the community who want to bring young people back onto the land, who want to keep uh, retirement age farmers on their farms and to support their community. So there's sort of four targets that I think about when I'll be creating this, this content. And so hopefully if you're an aspiring farmer, um, this is a, a bit of a uh, inspiration for you that, that there are some cool things you can be doing to speed up this, this timeline to get you onto your farm. So tactics, I want to document, as I talked about, I'm going to document my journey on the farm. I'm going to sit there with TikTok and I saw that guy in Northwest Victoria who's an internet sensational on, on TikTok and he talks to his llama um, and just, just, it's just funny. Uh, and he's documenting his journey and he's already on a farm. So he's probably doing it for other reasons, but I'll be out there every day. I'll be talking about here's a water, water pumps broken. Here's what I'm doing. Or uh, I had this thought about how to manage land and I get on Instagram. I do it on Facebook live and just, just talk, talk about my journey. I wouldn't always be saying, Hey, I want a farm. I'd probably do it once every 10 posts or once every 20 pretty, I'll get a vibe for it. But that'd be the bottom line is, Hey, um, I would love anyone who, who knows a farm. Um, 
that's it could be available to a retiring farmer or an investor, let me know. Um, I'm open for it. But here's my journey and, and documenting it. I would sit there whilst watching um, what's coming up. Big, I mean, Big Brother's coming up. I'd sit there if I watched it. I don't watch it. But anyway, a TV show is up and I'd be there on Twitter and at the same time searching farm farming in around Kyneton and I'd be responding to every single comment uh, around related to that and trying to provide value and be useful uh, in that farming, hashtag farming um, space. I would create a, a Facebook marketplace ad about myself. I had a picture of me and I'd say farm wanted and I'd be refreshing that so you can only have it up there for a month. Every month I'd load it up again and keep it there waiting for someone to finally, because everyone who doesn't scroll through marketplace or um, Gumtree looking for opportunities and to see a cheeky little ad like that, I think opportunities will come. I would do those weekly updates. Um, I know Sam Trithui, if anyone follows him, he does that on his LinkedIn. Uh, he's a farmer in Tasmania and everyone loves it. He just sits there and goes, here's the weekly wrap. Um, and people just gobble it up. It's so good. I would do some newspaper ads. They're probably a bit expensive. So maybe I, I might actually use Facebook ads. I'd like for, for 20 bucks, uh, 10 bucks, I can target every single retirement age farmer in you know, 80K radius of my of where I live or where I want to farm. And I'd do little ads um, saying, hey, I would love to work with you. Um, and I'd figure out exactly the, the language I'd use. More tactics. I'd do a media release. I would have a media release sitting there ready to take to the local newspapers and, um, and be annoying and talk about something new that's happened. But um, the first off is that this idea and the value here is that I think young, you know, next-gen people wanting to own a farm is a really cool story. People want to keep people in the communities. I'd, 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 I'd angle it. I'd say, hey, I want to stay in this community. I want to own a farm. Here's a photo of me with my kids on our farm we manage, but we want to own a farm and, and use that to get attention um, and, and get it onto newspapers because I know newspapers are, in, uh, are still really used by retirement age farmers as well. I would employ someone on social media, whether it's full-time or not, but at least someone to help me pull all this together. Uh, uh, part of the content I would create would be to ret interview retiring farmers. I think that'd be such a beautiful thing, full stop, uh, to interview the 30 retirement age farmers in your district and even just have that as a document uh, would be a great thing. I think the community would value, but that would get me in front of retiring farmers and a, a great excuse to talk to them uh, and say, hey, what are you, oh, I love your farm. Um, what have you been doing? And, um, you know, I've seen how you do this sort of farming. How did that happen? And how did you start farming? And conversations start. And then I'll have that and also have that content, which then more people would see me because I'm doing really interesting interviews with retirement age farmers. I'd ask uh, questions to retiring retirement age farmers or any farmers online. Um, I'd offer help farmers for free within the district by volunteering um, and using social media to do that, I think is powerful. The reason why you can't get access to so many people uh, and work with them is because you're asking for money. And that's what I've found is if you get rid of money, you can get access to anybody in the world um, if you want to do it for free. So this idea of volunteering and, and seeing if you can get access to people online who you want to work with or headhunt and say, hey, I want to come work and volunteer on your farm doing fencing opens up doors to, to have those conversations about sharing ownership and interviewing farming champions as well. So I could be interviewing anyone in the world. Like I just send them an email and I can say, hey, I'm doing this. I want to own my own farm. I'm interviewing people how they got on their own farm. And, um, and you could interview people in South Africa or China or wherever and create content. And that's got to lead somewhere, all this content. Um, I'm getting excited just thinking about this. Um, maybe I will uh, pursue my own farm. So these are the excuses I was going to bring up earlier, um, but I wanted you to just uh, go through what you think you're nervous about. Um, but I think this 
this, these are things I've thought um, starting cultivate farms and, and, and doing it. Um, but I want to put them up here and just help to remove those barriers for you in, in your mind around what's stopping you getting on social media and creating content. I think this is my last slide as well. Um, one is who's holding you back. And I know this Gary Vaynerchuk guy talks about this all the time, but maybe you've got friends who just are bringing you down and are saying, you you know, do not create content. Like I saw you doing a video and you had a typo. Uh, that's pathetic. Why would you keep doing it? Like, do you need, do you need those friends around when it's family? It's harder, but think of like, it's really a big question. Like who, who are you hanging around with? That's um, going to hold you back from realizing, you know, utilizing social media to realize what you, uh, what you want. Um, social media is a fad. People talk about this all the time. No, it's not. Um, yeah, no one's no one's on it. But everyone is on it. It's it's where attention is. It is not a fad. You know, who who knows in what the next fad's going to be? But we don't have to worry about that. You just have to go where attention is now. It's Facebook. It's Instagram. It's TikTok. Um, just get on there. Um, I've already tried it, and that probably comes down to a persistence. And again, this Gary Vaynerchuk guy says, "Don't come back to me unless you've tried for three years. Um, just keep going." Um, it takes time to build this. Um, worry about comments, and we talked about this before. Like people are gonna people are gonna bag you out, and they're probably bagging you out behind your back anyway. And that's what I've had to get my get <laughs> my head around. Uh, I don't care now. Um, I have this vision I'm going for. I need to create content to make it happen, and uh, hopefully people see that. And uh, you know, I'll I'll get over those comments in time. Um, I don't have anything interesting to say. That I think is completely smashed by documenting your journey and just showing people what you've learned, which is really interesting, really valuable. And um, again, that should lift up this barrier to you, not thinking you've got anything interesting to say to, oh, today I did this. I just documenting what I did. It's like writing a diary uh, and it can open up so many opportunities. I don't have the time. I think that's a big one, absolutely. But I often think I'm watching Netflix a bit as well. Um, so there is time in, in life when you, when you really want it. Uh, no one will listen is another excuse, but I don't think you're here to convince millions of people. You just need 200 people following. I, I don't know what your, what your businesses are, but you don't need that many. Um, and when you're doing ads like a Facebook ad or a LinkedIn ad, you can target the head of Telstra through an ad or the HR person, uh, a manager for Telstra through an ad. Um, you only need to convince a few people um, and the right people and they'll, they'll listen if, you, you know, if your content's interesting and your business is interesting. Um, and I didn't grow up on the internet and I think that's a big one as well. I, I didn't, um, I was sort of on the verge of growing up when the, when the internet started, but I had to, I've had to figure all this out myself and the best thing in the world is Google. You can Google answers to everything. Like how do you record, how do you edit a Facebook video? Um, how do you export it? You know, <laughs> there's answers to absolutely everything. Um, and you can learn very quickly to, to uh, remove those, uh, any of those barriers around, you don't know how to do something. Um, so that's it. Um, I, I do, <laughs> I do love talking about this cause it, it's, you know, my whole, my life, I used to be working government and my life's completely changed and, uh, and I get to work on this business, helping young people and retiring farmers and communities. And the cornerstone is having Facebook, um, and I just believe in it so much. And hopefully it's been an encouragement to you all, uh, particularly if you're an aspiring farmer as well, um, that it's possible. It's just how, yeah, how gutsy you want to be and how much you want to put yourself out there. 
Thanks for your attention. We know there are thousands of other things you could be doing or other podcasts you could be listening to, but you've chosen to listen to us. We appreciate your time so much. Please reach out uh, as we're happy to work through your farm ownership pathway with you. Let's get you farming.